Welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Hey, everybody. Welcome into today's episode of the Design 30 podcast. You know, in design, you have to be able to respond to situations and be flexible and come up with new ideas and new solutions. And so today, I feel like I'm actually living that out. I'm currently recording this podcast in my truck uh, because uh, my office, where I typically record this, is also our guest room. It's also, right, it's our guest bedroom. Um, it's still, it needs a little bit of work. We do just have a mattress that we put on the floor, but it's it's fairly comfortable, or so I'm told. It, I know the mattress is comfortable, but I don't know overall if the mattress on the floor is the best, but it is working, I think, for the time being. So that's our guest bedroom, and it's also where I typically record, and my sister-in-law is over this weekend, so had to come up with something new, some new place to record. And I've heard of other people recording in their vehicles because of the acoustics being pretty good, right? It's kind of the small space. You're not getting these echoes. There's a lot of fabric and, you know, there's all these different shapes and different things to absorb sound. So you're not getting echoes and stuff like that. So I'm hoping that is the case. That is my goal with this. Um, so we're trying it out. Uh, I don't know what the neighbors are going to think if they walk by and see it's dark out because it's early right now. I like to record early for the most part, but they're just going to see this person sitting in their car with this light <laughs> from my laptop shining on my face. So I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. No one has walked by yet. And I'm not going to be able to see their faces anyway, so who knows if they'll be giving me a weird look. Um, But this is where we're at for today. We'll see how it goes. Maybe if the sound quality is that much better, maybe I'll just do this all the time. Just start recording in my truck. It's kind of nice. It's a nice little environment. Uh, Makes It actually has somewhat of a a feel. I've never really been in a recording studio. It kind of feels like what a recording studio would feel like, right? It's kind of small, compact. You feel uh, kind of isolated, which I think is a good thing when you're recording. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how other people feel if you guys record yourselves very often. But for me, if there's someone off in the distance listening, sometimes I start to overthink it and I start thinking about how they're hearing me. And I don't know, it, it doesn't it doesn't always turn out as well. It doesn't help me out to think or to know that somebody's listening, even though I know I'm posting this and lots of people are listening. So I don't really understand how that works or the psychology behind it, but that's that's just what it is. So anyways, enough about that and about my current situation of recording in my truck. Um, let's dive into into today's episode, which Well, if you remember last week, I started the first episode, it was the first in a series of episodes, talking about design thinking and actually going through like each step of what design thinking is and going into a little bit more detail because design thinking is a word that's thrown out there a lot. 
Uh, it's a buzzword. People don't really know exactly what it means. So that's the goal of this little mini series is to dive into that a little bit deeper and actually go through some of the details. Before we get into that, as always, please subscribe to Design30 on Substack. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube and also subscribe on whatever pod catch your app you use wherever you listen to podcasts and if you could rate the podcast that would be awesome and also if you know anyone else who would enjoy it please share it with them okay so let's dive into this last week we talked about empathy and how the first step of design thinking is empathizing with the user and really getting that understanding that feeling that the user has really diving into yeah, what is their experience of some problem or of some need? And then the second thing you need to do after that is to define. You need to define what this problem is, what the need actually is, and define it very clearly, right? It's some people will tend to write like a really long, you could almost write an entire paper on, oh, there's this problem or this need. But for the design team, that's not a very good starting point. Uh, to to launch out of there's too much information maybe too much nuance to it it needs to be defined very clearly and also very concisely which is one of the reasons why it's it's one of the more difficult parts of the design process to be honest Um, so yeah we'll talk about defining the problem in today's episode and then just for reference the overall all the steps or the common steps in the design thinking process is one, like I said, empathize, two, define, three, ideate, four, prototype, five, test, six, iterate, seven, implement, and finally, number eight, learn. So we're gonna go through all of these in detail, so don't worry if you don't quite understand uh, what some of those mean right now. Those episodes are coming down the pipeline. So let's go back to define. Again, this is clearly defining what the problem is or what the user need is. What's the challenge that you're actually trying to solve? Why is design needed at all for this? And the reason why you want to define this clearly and concisely is it's in a lot of ways, I like to think of it as it's kind of this initial... A map or guide for your design team. It's it really is that important. It's it's essential to kind of setting the trajectory that the design team is going to go on. So if you don't, if different members of the team have a slightly different idea of what the problem is or what the need is that they're trying to fill for the user, if perhaps they had different takeaways from that empathize step than you did you could end up working you know, in different directions and heading off in very different directions that, that aren't beneficial. They're not good for the team. Uh, it might waste resources, could just waste time, set you back a little bit. So this defined step is really, it's looking at all of the data, all of the information, uh, perhaps even looking at an empathy map that you created from the empathy stage and really distilling it down into this very, concrete, very distinct, very concise problem or need statement. And I call it, I say both, right? You can call it a problem statement. Maybe there's a specific problem that you're trying to solve. 
that some people like to call it a need statement as well. And there's perhaps a little bit of a difference between the two. Um, one, you're just solving a very specific problem. And then a need statement, maybe it's something that isn't necessarily like a current issue, but there's a need that would improve things. There's a need of the user that would make their experience, their uh, perhaps make their work more efficient, uh, perhaps make their experience making coffee or something like that better. So you can kind of oscillate between a need statement or problem statement. I'll probably use both somewhat syn- uh, synonymously. Did I say that right? I use them as synonyms <laughs> um, in this scenario. So yeah, you're going to hear me use both. But again, it's again, it, I like to think of it as this trajectory. The way you write this problem statement is going to set the trajectory for your design team and for your whole design project. So the better you do initially writing that problem statement, the better off your project is going to be in the long term. And you don't want to have, you don't want to go through multiple steps of the design thinking process and get really take off on your project, then realize you know, the problem we're trying to solve isn't really a problem at all. They don't, there's not actually a real problem here that we're solving. There's not a reason for us to be doing this. And then you have to go all the way back to the beginning and and kind of start over and rewrite this design or this problem statement. So that's one thing you're really trying to avoid as you go through this step. So that's where looking at all of the information you pulled from your empathizing, your empathy step, Make sure there really is a problem that you're solving. If there isn't, you probably need to look for something else. You probably need to move on to, uh, I don't know, different group of users, maybe a whole different area of of issues. Maybe you need to maybe you need to just go back through your your empathy step and see. I mean, maybe we didn't really understand what these people were struggling with. So. That's why it it's very important before you really dive into the project <clears throat> that you define this and realize there really is a need or a problem here because a lot of your expenses are going to start being incurred after this step, right? That's when you're starting to put time into designing things. You're going to start building prototypes, spending a lot of money on those. You're going to start Uh, iterating those prototypes and designing more parts and then meeting with users. And so you're starting to put in a lot of time and a lot of actual money after this step. So that's one of the reasons why it is so crucial that you really understand and that you really have identified a problem that needs to be solved, a need that needs to be filled. And there's a website that I will share in the show notes of this episode that I was reading through and and they provided some really, really good information about how to think about problem statements, how to go about creating them. They even had some templates and some forms of what they should look like. Uh, So I'll have that in the show notes. I highly recommend uh, looking at it. It's from a website called, uh, I think they pronounce it topal.com. It's it comes from Top Talent, so it's a contracted form of Top Talent called Topal. I believe that they are a website where you can go to find freelancers if you're a company or someone looking for freelancers. And then also if you're a freelancer, it looks like it's a company that you can apply to uh, to be 
a freelancer, kind of like Upwork, or I know there's quite a few other ones out there. Uh, but they also have some articles, and this one was was really uh, pretty informative. So there was one uh, quote from that that stuck out to me quite a bit. And the author says, by framing the problem with a statement narrow enough to bring focus, yet broad enough for creativity, the design team can stay simultaneously focused on the design problem, uh, focused on the design problem solving, and open to innovative possibilities. So what I really liked about this quote was that narrow enough to bring focus, yet broad enough for creativity. And I think that is one of the nuances of coming up with a a problem statement or a good problem statement. And one of the things that it's going to take time, it's going to take practice. You're not going to get it right your first time. That's where working with an experienced designer is probably going to be very useful. People who have worked with problem statements, worked with need statements, and are really good at finding this balance between focusing it Uh, but leaving enough room for people to still be creative. And so you want to be focused, right, so that your team is in alignment. You're all working on solving the same problem, but you don't want it to be so narrow to where it starts to infer a solution. If you're inferring a solution with your problem statement, now you've narrowed yourself so much. There's no creativity. You're not... you're very unlikely to be able to come up with a creative way to actually solve the problem. You've just built in, you know, you've built in a solution to your problem statement. So that's most likely the direction you're going to go. Or perhaps if you're really trying to meet that problem statement, you're going to have to go that direction because it's part of the problem. Or so you thought that's part, that's one of the ways that you can write a poor problem statement. So an example that I want to give on this is it's actually from uh, my graduate design program and one of the classes where we had to go through this process and come up with a problem statement and of course in grad school uh, I loved coffee everyone on my team loved coffee so like you know we should do a project about coffee because we're always going to want to work on that and we're going to be able to test and drink more coffee that sounds like a win-win right So we came up with this problem statement. We said, busy people who appreciate superior coffee products and experiences need a straightforward, satisfying, and environmentally responsible way to brew their own high-quality coffee at home. So the idea here was, uh, you know, there are ways to uh, brew coffee at home. And we interviewed, actually before we came up with this, we interviewed a lot of people just to see what was kind of their experience with making coffee in the morning or making coffee at their house and what were the different issues they had. And a lot of those were, you know, you had to grind up the beans and it was loud. Uh, it was often messy. If you're in a rush, you didn't really have time to uh, make the coffee or make good coffee. Perhaps you could do drip coffee and just set the timer the night before, but a lot of people don't really like that, didn't really provide that experience of making coffee, which actually turned out to be something people talked about quite a bit, that experience was quite important to them. Um, so that was the problem statement we came up with. And if you if you kind of break this down into parts, you can see that there is a structure to this. And there's a general structure. There's a lot of different ways 
or perhaps not a lot, but there's a few different ways that you can write uh, problem statements. Uh, but the way that I like, the way that I find the most useful is kind of this structure. So first you have the person or the persona and they need a way to, and then you insert the user's need of some sort. And then you have uh, because some sort of insight, like why did, why is that actually a need? And so from the problem statement that me and my team wrote in grad school, you could see the person is busy people who appreciate superior coffee products and experiences. And the need is a straightforward, satisfying and responsible way, environmentally responsible way to brew their own high quality coffee at home. And the because here isn't explicitly written out, but it's kind of inferred in it, right? The because is there are people who appreciate superior coffee products and experience experiences. So that's why this is actually a problem because there's, there's lots of ways to make coffee, right? There's a lot of ways that people wake up in the morning and make their coffee. There's drip coffee, there's French press, there's a mocha pot. Uh, I mean, it, there's, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? It's the pour over coffee, the, right? There's so many different ways to do this. So, we weren't solving a problem from that perspective, but we, what we were trying to do is take something like a pour over, which is more of an artisan sort of way of making coffee, kind of this, it's a whole experience of grinding the beans and then putting them in the filter and you do your first pass to kind of get some of the, I think, carbon dioxide out of that and you wait a few minutes and then you start, and then you do another pass. So it's this whole experience of making this coffee your, for yourself. And we wanted to capture that. We wanted to capture that user experience and that capture that high quality taste, but implement it in such a way that people who are busy, people who uh, were looking for a way to essentially reduce the time it took to do that, but still keep some of the experience and the taste. And we wanted to try and solve that problem. It turned out it it's a pretty difficult problem to solve. We did come up with a solution, uh, which uh, it didn't it didn't quite turn out. I think it had potential, uh, but in a lot of ways, our solution was similar to uh, a drip coffee maker. So I don't know if we quite got there. We're given some more time. I think we would have, um, but I, I'll dive into that design uh, in a different episode. Um, it's uh, it was a pretty fun project. And of course, our goal, our I don't know if it was a promise, but our goal of just working with coffee and being able to drink coffee while also working on our design project worked out pretty well. So that was a lot of fun. But next here, I want to move on to a quote actually from Albert Einstein that you've probably heard um, if you've spent much time thinking about uh, designs and problems and solving problems, that kind of stuff. He says, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about solutions. So uh, we all know on a design project, you're not going to spend 55, well, it's not 55%, but 90% of your time talking or thinking about the problem, right? You're going to spend, uh, a lot more 
uh, a lot more time solving the problem than actually defining the problem. But the idea here is if you don't really understand the problem that you're trying to solve, there's no way you're going to come up with the best solution. So that's where this step in defining what the problem is, this step in the design thinking process is crucial. It is that important where, you know, the smartest person in the world, supposedly the smartest person in the world, I think he was one of the smartest, um, he suggested that you spend almost all of the time you have working on defining the problem. And then you can just spend the last five minutes coming up, coming up with a solution because in his mind, the better you understand that problem, the more you really grasp it and know what's going on, it's going to be that much easier. Perhaps, perhaps you'd even say simple to solve that problem if you really understand it that well. So this is a really, really important step in the design thinking process. It's something that you shouldn't overlook. It's something that deserves uh, a lot of time commitment if you're scheduling out a project. It's something that you need to put resources on and you need to have the whole design team involved with it so that they can work together and agree on this problem statement or on this need statement. Define what that problem is, define what the need is, and that tells you why you even need to design. Why do you need a design team? Why do you need to put money and resources into this thing? So if you don't have that well-designed, or excuse me, you don't have that well-defined, then you potentially could be wasting a lot of time and money solving something that's not actually a problem. So that's all I have for this episode today. Remember, in the show notes, I'll have a link to that website where you can read a lot more about problem statements and how to think about them, how to actually write them. It's a really good article, so make sure to go check that out. Uh, as always, I hope everyone has a great week and you're designing awesome products and you're improving the world. And I hope that you're not forgetting to design more and despair less. Thanks for listening.